1: This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Well, for the fifth time, actually sixth time in the last 10 games, Carolina Hurricanes skate off the ice as the losing side as they fall in Philadelphia by the score of 4-1, to much closer game than the score would indicate. Also, a much better game for the Carolina Hurricanes than the outcome might belie. The problem is they picked the third period to be the worst period, and that ultimately did them in on this night. Uh, I thought the best offensive period was the first, the best defensive period was the second, and the third period was, unfortunately, a bit of a travesty. Um, although they had plenty of chances to score and on a power play midway through the third period, Jordan Stahl had a great opportunity from the dead slot and he just kind of shoveled it wide. Uh, and I don't know how threatening they were after that. I thought Philadelphia was just physically and mentally tougher. Uh, so let's break it all down, shall we? With the host of storm watch and aftermath Stormfront. no storm watch and aftermath don't watch. forget all the names of shows anymore uh alec campbell joins us as uh, as he's getting ready for i don't know maybe a snifter of something uh after a long day um all right let's get your thoughts i'll turn you you make me do this after the first intermission let me uh turn it around your thoughts on what we saw tonight in philadelphia
2: yeah i think i would mostly agree with the way that you broke down Sort of the period by period, there you know, it's obviously not good when you give up a goal in early in a period like they did in the third period. But yeah, you know, I actually didn't. It was it was their worst period in the third, but I didn't necessarily hate it. I thought through the middle of the third period, it was kind of fine um, until they had a bad change and an unfortunate sort of break when they were trying to clear the puck. And they gave up a goal. So, tonight, for me, I thought that the key to the game tonight for both sides was Philadelphia's ability in front of the Hurricanes' net and the Canes' inability to keep them out of the front of their own net. Um, You look at the two first goals that they scored, and one's a deflection and one's a rebound, and then even on the goal that I just described in the third period, the the Farabee the goal, you know, he drives the net and gets his own rebound. Right. Uh, so no one was able to clear the puck, you know, out of the front of the net. So they've got to be better in those areas. And then Rod talked about it after the game offensively, not driving the net and scoring the greasy goals and even referencing, you know, the entire season, they haven't necessarily been great with that. And, hurt and not having Eric Ola hurt in that department because he's so good at getting that front presence mm-hmm. and taking away the eyes of the opposing goaltender. So, to me, that was the big key in the game tonight was the, the, the work in front of the net. Again, the Hurricanes were paper champions. You look at the numbers that I think matter in terms of the chances, the high danger chances, the shots on goal, the possession numbers, The face-off numbers all went in favor of the Hurricanes tonight, but they didn't score on the opportunities that they did have, and they had some good ones. I mean, they had Andrei Svechnikov, you know, unimpeded point-blank in the first period, decided to rip the one-timer, and I get it. That was juicy, man. That was a juicy chance. And his eyes got real big, and he saw that big cartoon ham, you know, in his head. And I I talk about this, like, from my soccer plan days. You know, the, the the most fun shot to take is that slow roller that comes right back to you, and you can just unleash. And it wasn't the right move. And Tripp pointed this out on the broadcast because Carter Hart was playing so aggressive, you know, that if he walked in and maybe deked once or twice, he gets around Hart and scores. So there was that chance. There was the, the Aho breakaway. There was, you know, Matt Niskanen made a nice play on a McGinn feed yep. to the Walmart that broke up a good scoring chance. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Stahl. And, by the way, Stahl, this is, this is kind of jarring, but Stahl has 11 games this year where he does not have a point, and that includes tonight. And he's gone four games now without a point. And he scored in Chicago, and the five games before that, he didn't have a point. And Rod talked about this in the postgame, too. That Lucas Walmart can't be your best player. Yeah. And that, in some ways, is a veiled shot at some of the, the bigger names on this team. Jordan Stahl is one of them.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, Rod talked about uh, in the post game how we're more talented, but talent doesn't win games, really. And I'm, I, I want to paraphrase him, I don't want to quote him uh, specifically. Uh, Carolina had two rebound attempts tonight yeah just two not good and not good. we we talked about this at the beginning of last year how the difference between scoring goals and not scoring goals in this league are the second chances that you get now i will also say that philadelphia only had one but yeah. it was a goal uh right they scored on it the, and, and but That also is not a lot. It does speak to some fortune and really the mistakes that were made. Uh, Look, the first goal, power play goal, great tip by uh, Couturier in front. And uh, Mrazek almost made the stop. I thought Peter was dynamite tonight. Peter was not the real. I don't fault him on any single goal that was scored. People look at that and go, oh, he allowed four goals on 28 shots. Peter Mrazek was pretty good uh, tonight, in my opinion. Um, then, uh, that, that second goal that came early in the third, uh, that's simply just trying to exit your own end, um, you know, to, uh, you know, with a pretty play. And I think, was that the one where Fogle tried to pass the Svechnikov, uh, and that ultimately it gets, uh, it gets lost right there. I, I, mm-hmm. be- I believe that was the one. And I actually think the pass from Fogel was probably fine and that Svechnikov just missed it. Um, either way...
2: Um, well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember, was the, the connecting goal was the rebound goal in front, right? Was that, the, was that the second goal of the game?
1: That was the second goal. The, uh, the Fabry goal was the third goal where he got his own, and then uh, Claude right. Giroux, uh, when right, the game right, was right. essentially decided. Um, but Caroline, look, um, I, I, Rod's right. Lucas Walmart shouldn't be your best player through two periods. I don't think he was. I think he was a good player through two periods. I'm not entirely sure that Sebastian Ajo wasn't their best player through two periods. It just didn't have any points to show for it. However, yeah. I don't think he was very good in the third. Um, yeah. And ultimately in a one, one game, what just happened doesn't matter. You have to win the third period. And yeah. like a week ago tonight, Carolina get in, got into the third, down a goal, and dominated the third against Calgary and were just better than them. Uh, so they got what they deserved. Here, even though they were better than Philadelphia through two periods, and maybe significantly so in spite of the scoreboard, um, they were not better than Philadelphia. I mean, I mean at best, it was uh, maybe a slight edge to the Flyers, but the mistakes that Carolina made in the third period – I think kind of doomed them. I liked Warren Fogle yeah. through two periods uh, tonight yeah. and maybe his play wasn't great in the third, but I don't really fault him so much on that, uh, that goal. Cause I really think Svechnikov who didn't have his best night at all. I think Svechnikov probably uh, wants that pass back.
2: Yeah. I think the you know, sometimes the games come down to the mistake that you make and the other team scores on. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are a lot of games where you win games and part of the reason you win games is because you weren't busted by the, by the, the mistakes you made. And recently that's been the case for the hurricanes where, that, and, and that's why you have to be tight everywhere. You know, you can't take anything for granted. You can't take anything off because when they get in the back of the net it's, and, and that, that was the case for me tonight. That's why I say, I didn't hate the third period so much. It was just that, you know, it was a bad change and a bad clear. That led to a goal. Um, you know, there's a there's a rebound in front. And, again, they're getting a greasy goal. So, I kind of credit Philadelphia mm-hmm. in those scenarios where they're, you know, they're they're doing work down low in front of Peter Morazic. So, to me, that's, that's just them doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and then the Shrew the goal at the end, you know, you're trying to take a yeah. chance. And, you know, that just kind of is what it is. But you know who I like tonight a lot? He was our unstoppable player on the postgame show was Marty Natchez. Natchez was and good tonight, yeah. They just, they just had an assist. He had a couple of shots on goal. And he had two great back checks in mm-hmm. the third period. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Rob Brendamore wants to see and the kind of stuff that is going to make him – you know, a more complete, well-rounded player, obviously. Yeah, it's, so uh, I like his game a
1: lot. So it's, it's all reflected, by the way, in ice time. As I believe, Natchez had four minutes more than Svechnikov did uh, on the ice tonight. And I know that for the people who are out there think who lo- who lo- like to look at these things, and I'm not saying it's not a smart thing to look at. I think ice time tells you a lot about what the coach thought about that particular player's game. Um and uh, Svechnikov was one of the lowest forwards in terms of time on ice, uh, and I think it started early, and I think he lost some shifts, um, as they were more more apt to roll four lines, but simply uh, like double shift Aho in the middle of Gibbons and McGinn, or sometimes Teravine, and I think in the yeah. middle of Gibbons and McGinn. Well, I mean, Go ahead.
2: E- even, even look at the goal that Carolina scored. You know, that was that was started by a good forecheck check by Natchez who dug it out of the corner. He ends up getting the puck back right. and sending it out to T V R, who ends up setting up Walmart. So it was it was it was a lot of the hard work he put in tonight that I liked from Nation.
1: Yeah, there's there's no question. It really was a good play, and uh, he gave it to Dezingle, who gave it back to him, and he found TVR across the ice. I mean, th- that was really a beautiful play. Uh, but Rod talked about something uh, after the game that you and I have been talking about for a while, and that this team is more skilled, more talented, faster, all yeah. of that stuff on paper. Um, but there's a common theme with many of their losses – And that they just have not gotten to where they need to get to on the ice offensively. Uh, And they have not been, I almost think it's more mental toughness than it is physical toughness. Um, But they have just not been able to close the door or finish off plays against teams that they are better than. Uh, I do not put tonight's game in the same category as I put the Devils' game. Uh, They were good enough to win this game tonight. Carter Hart, I don't know what the stars were. If he wasn't the first star, they shouldn't have given out stars tonight because he kept them in the game in the first two periods. Uh, Carolina yeah. had a ton of scoring chances uh, that Carter Hart was really good in. By the way, this was the first game Alec where uh, the Hurricanes didn't score at least two goals, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, right. That is correct. They they, they tied their. Let's see. It was the second the second longest streak. It's 14 games, which was done by the sixteen and 15 games to start a season with two goals or more was done by the 86 87 Whaler team. So that remains the the record holder but yeah, this was the first night of the season they hadn't scored uh, they hadn't scored two goals and yeah, you know, I agree with your point about the mental side of it because you know getting to some of those greasy areas as they say a lot of willingness. Yeah. Right? And you know, th- there was one particular play in the third period Warren Fogle drives the center of the ice and, and, and draws the penalty yep. in the third period. And that, to me, is more what they need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's Warren Fogle shoehorning himself into the slot area to try to get to the, to the, the hard areas, quote-unquote. Yeah, and, that started, know, and with, that
1: started, by the way, with a really good forecheck by Fogel who stole the puck and then brought it out in front.
2: Right. So, I mean, sometimes you have to bore your way in there yeah. and there, there isn't enough of that willingness to do that. And that is a mental thing. That's, 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 that's just a, that's a, that's a will thing, man. You you got to be willing to go in there, possibly get hit, possibly get tripped up, you know, take a whack or two and you're either going to get a good shot on goal or you might draw a penalty like they did in that scenario. And you know, that's, that I think is a theme, just from the scoring standpoint, but also, you know, you and I have talked about this team is this team is light, you know. Yeah. And Rod talked about this is they're too they're too much a finesse team. They got so much talent on their team, and you know the downside of that is that there's not enough of a boorish mentality, and that was something they tried to fix last year, and I think they did to an extent with the likes of. Michael Furland and mm-hmm. Jordan Martin, who's obviously not playing right now. So they miss him in terms of that a little bit, but they do need to figure out a way to be a little bit more, you know, all of the, all of the hockey things, they say a little more of the sandpaper, yes. you know, the grit, that type <laughs> of thing. There, there, there isn't enough of that. Right?
1: Two, uh, two quick things. Uh, I know you and I talked about it during the first intermission tonight. Uh, Don't like the fact that they played with 11 forwards and 7D, although I liked uh, Hayden Fleury's game tonight. I know he didn't play a ton in the third period. That's kind of predictable, but he played about five and a half minutes through the first two periods. I think he had maybe had two shifts in the third, but I thought Hayden was good when he was on the ice tonight. It's good to see him out there, Uh, but uh, my point remains from before. Uh, You knew you weren't flying Eric Halla up to Philadelphia. There should have been a 12th forward. Not that uh, you couldn't play with 11 they did uh, but if you if you lose a forward during a game and you almost have to assume you're going to uh with the way the game is is played in a physical nature um then you're down to 10 players i just didn't yeah. see uh, to to me that's that's malpractice and i don't well, I mean to, that you just have to bring another forward up
2: yeah i, I don't i don't understand there's inconsistent theories like Half the time, you know, they'll let – you know, these these games when uh, when Hayden Flurry hasn't played, you know, they'll let those scratches skate just in case something happens in a warm-up or something like that.
0: Right.
2: You know, you never know. So, I don't understand why that matters sometimes and it doesn't matter the other time, especially when you know I – when mean, they knew yesterday. Right. Or they knew a practice, right, yeah. that, they, that they weren't going to have Paula there. So – I don't know it, it just yeah. seems it just seems odd that they didn't that they I mean there's plenty of time to fly someone up yesterday or e- even if you know even if it was this morning for the game right um, I just don't well, I, I don't understand when
1: they left for Philadelphia yesterday about two o'clock they knew a wasn't on the plane so at that right. point it's not like Charlotte's playing this week they could have brought somebody up uh, to dress as the 12th forward uh, so at least I mean look even if the guy didn't play. At least he was there. I'd rather have six defensemen and 12 forwards and only use 11 of them than have seven defensemen and 11 forwards and risk. Look, uh, by the way, uh, Ryan Dezingle at times has not practiced. Uh, So we know that he's dealing with something uh, that's kept him off the practice ice every once in a while, Uh, just in case you wanted to cover yourself. But they got through it. Uh, I'm not gonna beat them up uh, too badly over it um, but this team has started to give up a ton of goals uh, and a lot yep. of that is coming off of uh, off of mistakes they've averaged more than three goals allowed per game over the last 10 and that's how you get to four five and and one. All right, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I'll uh, I'll see you uh, at some point uh, Wednesday. As people are listening to this, uh, hold one, on. I
2: need to I need, I need to make one. I need to make one more point, real quick. Okay, go ahead. I I don't know if this is hyperbolic or not, but the defensive play that Jacob Slavin made on Couturier. <laughs> In the second period, yeah. Did you you know which one I'm talking about? Where he went down to the ice and defended two on one, and then right slung his stick behind him. Yeah, it was pretty break up the play. Yeah, like that might be the sickest play I've ever seen. (laughs) And I like I know that it's right after the game and whatnot, and we talk about Jacob Slavin making all these great defensive plays, but how the hell did he know to throw the stick behind him like that?
1: He's a uh, he's a savant. He's a wizard.
2: He is a wizard. Yeah. he's a genie. Yeah, he's a he's a magical magician, as Ron Santo once said.
1: <laughs> That's why Ron Santo was also a savant. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, he's. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. We we can spend. We can spend a good chunk of every conversation about the Hurricanes talking about how good Jacob Slavin is defensively. Uh, he's smart. He's as good with his stick as I have ever seen uh, from anybody. He's just, uh, he's just great with it. He can get out of trouble. He doesn't need to be physical because he's so good with his stick, and he can play a little bit physical. I'd even like to see him play a little bit more physical, but, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I'm glad he's on our side. Uh, now the Hurricanes will have to deal with the Rangers who are uh, struggling of late. Uh, but they are loaded with talent, and uh, up until I think their last three games, looks like they've been coming on. Although I believe they'll play on Wednesday before coming to PNC Arena on Thursday. Alec, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you at the office in a little bit.
2: All right, man. Later.
1: All right. This has been a morning after Canes Corner podcast. Don't you know? Uh, Canes lose in Philadelphia four one. They are now nine five and one on the year.